popping out tonight Hope you pulling up tonight I might drink a little bit Pre-game before shit I might have a clip Ain't staying on around What am I doing? This is Azalea Podcast. It's your boy Titus, and we're with Big Leaf from the East. Hey. Autumn Rainwater. How you feeling, girl? I'm good. How are you doing? Good to see you. You're like the exact opposite of me. I'm like, yeah. And you're like, hello. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> nah, I'll be chilling. All right, Chill let me pack up. What's going on, sir? How you doing? No, nah, I'm good. You can be like that. <laughs> okay. The name fits Autumn. Okay, bet. Autumn is chill. Yeah. It's colorful. Yep. True. True that. How are you? Happy belated. Thank you. I'm I'm in recovery. Um, in recovery mode. Yeah, yeah. Slowly <laughs> but surely. Yeah, definitely. water on deck. Yeah, even though I just took a shot, but you know. What'd you do to celebrate? Um, so I went to one of my favorite restaurants in the city, which is the Crunkleton. They're a big family, and they gave me a bottle. What's that off Monroe? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. like near Plaza. That's what's up. How is that? I've never been there yet. It's good. Drinks mm-hmm. potent, you know. Real chill environment. Heavy, heavy on the hand with the drinks? Yeah. Everybody's cool. It's a very cool environment. They're all great. They like black people, so. <laughs> you know. That's definitely a plus nowadays. Yeah. And definitely then after that, I went to go do karaoke at another one-on-one, so. That's what's up. I saw y'all in there doing the electric slide. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I wasn't. I was sitting down because I needed to at that point. I don't even remember that video. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That was a vibe. Y'all, <laughs> y'all brought the black cookout to another one-on-one yeah, for that's, sure. That's how it goes down with my friends. Yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. So we starting a new year. I mean, we're pretty much toward the start of this, but it's mm-hmm. still going fast with February. Mm-hmm. Um, how has this been coming into this year? In particular with you, because last time we talked through DM, you were saying that it was a shifting musically for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you were kind of about to give people another different vibe. Like, mm-hmm. what is the mindset when you do something like a low-key, high-key, and then you're thinking about doing house? Like, well, how do you adjust, like, beat-wise, production-wise? Well, luckily, the person that I work with very closely, uh, my friend Levante, he goes by Phil. Shout out to Phil. Shout out to Phil. He, um, he's very eclectic, and he has range, so it's very easy. Like, you know a beat of his when you hear it, but it could be house, it could be trap, it could be boom bap. It could be, he can do everything. Mm. But he was one of the people that, like, because you don't meet, well, I hadn't met at that time that many black people that were like, yeah, house, because... I'm from the East, so you pretty much know what type yeah. of vibe is always there. We ain't even got into that yet. Like, <laughs> you, you being an East Side soldier out right. there, for sure. Right, I mean, period. It's yeah. all day. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's easier to have somebody, like, who understands you as an artist. Because I don't ever want to conform to one thing. Like, mm, yeah. I don't believe in Because I like all types of music, so I'm going to try everything. But the house tape was something that I started kind of building in 2018. And, you know, I think that's going to be my next full project. Um, mm. But I don't know. Low-key, high-key was easy. It was just, you know, me in the present at the time. Mm-hmm. And so now I can just kind of play and do different things rather than just kind of being in my usual autumn rainwater pocket. Yeah, that's what's so dope about it because I feel like when it comes to you, especially when you release something like a low-key, high-key, when you're so much in your bag mm-hmm. and getting people more into the grass. Like, of course, you've been around this city for a while. Like, mm-hmm. you've been doing your thing for a while. But mm-hmm. I feel like low-key, high-key was, like, an official project to where, yeah. like, you can run it all the way through, play it from start to finish. It was yeah. a very good, thought-out, um, What do, what's the word they use for it? Um, cohesive? Concept? Like, no, not, not cohesive, oh, but um, <laughs> a concept type of album where you had, oh, like, yeah. the... the 
homies doing like the radio throughout it and mm -hmm. everything like that. You thought it out to where when you have a masterpiece like that and then you go into, well, I'm going to do house. Yeah. And so that's very bold because yeah. you know how the industry is where if you got something like that and people have a sound for you, they want the next of that. Yeah. And so getting into that mind frame, like how you are, that's very bold because when you have a low key, high key, people want to continually hear that. Right. And I think that, I mean, I think that's true because, I mean, there's even artists that I love that like when they kind of start to shift, sometimes it's like, eh. or sometimes it goes really, really well. I think for me, I, I kind of teased it. I've never really been a, um, a just straight type of, like all my music sounds like fusions of different genres. So like on low key, high key, like the song I have with Dexter, like I kind of teased the house thing a little bit. Mm -hmm, a little um, taste. Yeah. Even on a, a project I did called Leaf, I had a song called Cool on there and that was like totally house. It was like chill though, kind of like lounge E, but mm. I don't know. I just think I'm ready to commit to it now. I think, I kind of had a little hesitation just because of, of what you said, just because I feel like I want my fan base to shift with me. But, mm -hmm. but fuck that shit. Yeah. Respectfully. <laughs> respectfully, sure. but yeah. It's funny because before um, we started recording, you were talking about Wiz, or you were saying um, going into Pittsburgh, you think you would hear black and yellow continually. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, you know, that was what I remember an interview, and that was one of his challenges when he went off of like a cushion orange juice wave mm -hmm. to where. He was like, I feel like if you're not continually challenging yourself as an artist, then what are you in this for? Yeah. And he was like, I'm doing this next project. This was like after like Cushion Oysters, which I grew up on. And that was like yeah. a classic to me. Yeah. And he was like, I'm going to the left. Right. I mean, which was still kind of Cushion Orange juicy, but mm -hmm. it wasn't. It was a lot more commercial. Right. And they were like, well, what, do you, what about your fans? And he was like, well, I mean... If they hear cool, but if if yeah. if y'all jump off the off the wagon, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you kind of give me that vibe where it's like, you know, like I gotta create. Like you're you're built for it to be a creator to naturally like go up the bar. And yeah. so the people that are really for you, they're gonna be there. Yeah, I think so. I I I really just don't. I don't ever since you brought up commercial. I don't ever want to just do something that everybody's doing because it seems like a quicker option to the bag or like, mm. you know, I don't ever want to lose what I've built. You know what I'm saying? Just on trying to keep up with the Joneses. And I think that's like the best part about me. If I have to flex a muscle is that I just, I can genre bend and I'm not afraid to like do something that people are going to be like, what the hell was that? Mm. You know? Yeah. Cause I mean, Missy Elliott, like go. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that she's done that like people can't do. Like mm -hmm. like you just can't be out here. Sawa go, sawa go. You can't do that <laughs> shit in a song, but you can. I mean, but Missy did, and she like pushed herself to do different things. Yeah. If it felt right, I mean, I'm sure that's that's what she did, and she's a legend. So I feel like you know you kind of gotta go with your yourself and your intuition on that. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. And it takes a pioneer to show people how to do it. And then mm -hmm. even even if like like Jay was saying, I was watching a Jay interview and he was like, you got to have those um cowboys that are pioneers to go over the hill. Mm -hmm. And he was like, and tell people like, yo, it's a lot of Indians back there. We got to come back and regroup. Yeah. And sometimes being that cowboy, you're going to get shot a lot. Yeah. But you tell people like what's going on there. And then the next man passing on can know, all right, Jay did it this way. So let me maybe add this. Let me add this flavor, and, and I'll know how to approach it differently. Yeah. Kid Cudi, another one who's a f never afraid to 
throw himself out there when it comes to boundaries. He, mm-hmm. He's boundaryless. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know if that's a word. I'm probably butchering it because of my, <laughs> my southern, southern, I can't right. even say that. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> <You> <laughs> he's see. another one that don't have no boundaries. Right. And like, it makes me think of you because like his fan base is so core. And I think that's very key what you've done in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You have such a, the city rides for you so hard. Like you like the real ones now you can you can step into a room every side east west north south and so that is key because when you continue to grow like that when you do explore your options like you're doing creatively like cuddy like cuddy's had some shit where i'd be like i don't know what you're doing bro but i'm buffered yeah. up no, like, no, for <laughs> i'm here for the ride dog. <laughs> right. and so, but it turned out being like i'll go back to that and be like you know what the album actually wasn't that bad yeah and so it's like sometimes it takes room for it to like breathe yeah a certain hours. and i think that also i think that um black people as a whole are like tapping into themselves mm. like i feel like everybody unfortunately i feel like it it kind of got triggered due to like black trauma but yeah. i feel like now we're we're starting to it's like a black renaissance going on so i think uh people in our generation and even like gen z like they're going back and referencing things and you know now black house is coming back it's like mm. people are understanding like the things that black people have done and house is one of those yeah so i sure. think i think it's a perfect time mm-hmm. so it's all perfect timing you know yeah. I, I preach that like a mug like timing is everything you know yeah. some things people may not get five years ago but you got to be consistent with it yeah and and never be discouraged if people are not feeling it because the world is 7 billion people here. Right. And so, like, I had to discover that where it's like, all these people on this earth, even even in this town in particular, you may not be getting people on this side of the city, but, mm-hmm. like, you go to another side of the city, you may go to Pineville, and them people are fucking with your shit hard. Yeah. And so it's like, you just got to continue to create regardless of whatever other people think. It's it's something for everybody out here. I see so many people getting a bag, and they dag on just eating cheeseburgers on TV or, like, they uh, <laughs> YouTube, and, like, it's so many ASMRs. It's yeah. like, it's so many different avenues for people to create. Right. You just got to be consistent with it. Yeah. Um. Speaking of creating, like, tell me how, like, you you kind of told me a little bit like your right hand. I ain't gonna say right hand when it comes. Well, yeah. So since you could say feels kind of like when it comes to production, like y'all do a yeah, lot of creative Timberland. stuff together, yeah. like like Missy and Timbaland in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that start with Hovis? Like because that becomes pretty much like a hub where you got you, you got him, you got Cuzzo. It's, it's so many creative vibes in mm-hmm. there to where like me myself, like I brought my nephew there. My nephew started working with him, and just the vibe of energy that being there has made him better. Mm-hmm. It's like, it just makes a, a total good atmosphere for a creator. How did, how did that take part to where you became a part of that? I think honestly, it's just like, I don't know, social media kind of just, everybody ended up, I don't know, like t- 2012, 2013, everybody mm-hmm. just, who are you? Hey, I'm, I'm this person. You're this person. Okay. So you met him cool. online? No, I feel like I met him through Mariah. I meet a lot of people through Mariah, and I also smoke, so I can't really remember or locate how I met him, but I know it was definitely in a music musical situation. I just think um, it started off very, like, you know, friend vibe. Everybody just around, and then mm-hmm. people just started working. And I think that in all of my experience with um, working with different people, I think Levante has an ear like he can hear what I want to do and he can kind of create around it. Mm. So I'm not losing my authenticity and he's not losing his. It's like we, we complement each other. Yeah. And I like that about our, our working relationship just because he's helped me build a sound. 
So mm, now yeah. I can like easily define what I want to sound like just based off of what he can do. And it's also giving me like, okay, now that I know this about myself, I can go this way. So mm. yeah, I think it was just honestly on accident, but it seems very that was intentional. A good accident. <laughs> yeah, it seemed intentional going back thinking about it. But yeah, mm. happy accident. I don't think nothing's accident, yo. Like as as I've gotten <laughs> yeah, older, either. I used to tell people like I believe like fifty fifty. I believe like stuff is fate and other half of it is coincidence. But mm-hmm. now that I get older, man, and how stuff comes back full circle and just right. in my life alone, I don't think nothing in my life was an accident. Even like the the struggles that I went through, you know, it, it mm-hmm. built me up to be built for it tough. And like I don't regret none of that because it, it showed me how to move in the game. Show me the game of life, you know. Yeah. And so come on, Bishop. Everything, <laughs> <laughs> everything. I don't think is no accident. Yeah. You know, you meeting him was was not an accident. It was fate because it, it it built something where I feel like is is a creative vibe that the city really needed. Yeah. And so I think it's cool too, just because it's like all of us kind of have our own thing. Like we all do our own different thing. Like. <laughs> Everybody doesn't sound the same, but we all complement each other. Like, mm-hmm. like I feel like me and Key are like, I don't even know. To say to say, little baby and Gunner is crazy, but I, <laughs> but, I, but I don't know. Like, you I being like, your rapping bag too now. Yeah, you, you driving I, some driving finally, some bars. Finally, yeah. I just need to start doing that more. Honestly, I'm just I'm just gonna eliminate singing altogether and just be a rapper. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Right. Go but, go with it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Nah, but but I do think we all complement each other. That's why it's like it's like an umbrella of things. Like everybody has different, and Hovis is so extensive. Like, you know, it's. It was us like that contributed to the vinyl, but it's also bigger than that. Just because, mm, yeah, you know, it's like a family thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, even with people cool. like Jamonte, where yeah. it's just like then that's killing it. Yeah, he's on another level, like he's lyrically, like which seems to you would think that would be impossible, like <laughs> but lyrically he's getting that. That's beautiful. That's beautiful to watch. Like yeah. people getting like better and better at their craft. Yeah, like it's like when you tap in with yourself, you can just go from there. Yeah. And I met him, uh, I met him probably in the same era, like, when Duff and Swat first opened, like, everybody's just, you know, bright-eyed mm-hmm. and bushy-tailed, and they want to just, you know, be in the mix. But he, I met him because he was a fan of mine, and mm. and we've just been cool ever since. That Like, that's a bro. I probably need to call him, because he called me on my birthday. I need to call him. But, but, yeah, I just like how I can see the growth in everybody, especially him. He's really doing his thing. Yeah, he is. Y'all doing your thing. You were joking about it, like, some rapping bars, but, like, Using her again, like humbly, like dealing with like Missy Elliott, you are somebody that I feel like can touch different realms. That's why it's not surprising dealing with the house project. It makes sense because when I think of you, like you got a tone, you can do that sexy stuff when if you want to. Mm -hmm. You can be with the boys if you want to. Mm -hmm. And Missy was like that. She could play either role very well. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, go for all of that stuff. Whatever hits you creatively, like. Whether it's rap, like you want to do a rap project next year, do that shit. I, I fully I want support to, it. But I feel like okay, so rapping is fun for me because it's just like I don't know how I got comfortable rapping was one. I'm always around mm-hmm. rapping ass niggas, but also it was just it started off as me joking, and then I kind of just heard myself like because mm, I'm a writer, so I'm like I'm gonna try to do this more. But I think just because. Rap is like so male dominated. It's hard to be taken seriously. Mm. And if you are taken seriously, then you're in comparison to Nicki Minaj. And for a long time, that was like 
the person to be compared to. Yeah. So I was just like, mm, yeah, that was a standard. I'm not going to rap. No shade to Nikki, but I just don't like being identified with somebody else because yeah. I feel like everybody has their own lane. You want it to be you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I wanted people to accept that. But then I just was like, it starts with me. So mm -hmm. I had to just tap into being comfortable enough to be like, nah, y'all niggas going to hear me rap. Mm. And Jamonte is actually one of the people who's like, nah, Leafy got eights. Leafy got yeah, 32. Man. So, and, and a lot of times he <laughs> took chances. To talk, yo. Yeah, he took chances on me. So forever appreciative of that. And now I'm just like, okay, you know. All right. That's what's up. Um, talk about in the, in the aspects of dating a creator him, um, himself. Like, mm -hmm. are y'all, because y'all are both phenomenal writers, like, are y'all more critical on each other when it comes to, like, y'all, like, listening to each other's shit? Like, are you more critical because y'all creating, y'all have a different kind of ear? I don't I don't even know if we're more critical. I, I guess we just both, like, because we both started around the same time. Mm. Like, and I met him in the, in the space where I was starting. So, like, I think just seeing each other grow, it's just, we can be critical, but it's not like, now... Now, Luke, yeah. like, no, I, I think that you just want to pull that shit out of him. Yeah. And vice and, versa. And, and vice versa. And, and we do, I think, naturally, just because, you know, we both know each other so well. Mm -hmm. um, iron yeah. sharp and iron. Huh? Iron sharp and oh, iron. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I think I think uh, it's cool to just watch him do shit because it, it, it pushes me. It's like oh, they can do that. I, I can try. I can try to do that. But That's yeah. what's up. Yeah. yeah. He's my second favorite rapper. Shout out to Luke. Okay, who's number one? Jigga. Jigga. Understandable. Yeah. That's a, that's a good number two to be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't beat that. Right. I didn't know until probably like four years ago, because of course I've known about you because I'm from the East Side myself, and so it's a small city, mm -hmm. Um, that <laughs> your brother is actually Pat. Right from yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that he is. Because we went to Independence, like me, him, my boy, um, my boy Napoleon knew him, like, um. We all went to Independence Wall from the east side, and mm -hmm. they, they're a little bit older than me. Yeah. And um, I kept hearing about you, like, this name, like, oh, you you heard of Autumn Rainwater? I'm like, no. Nah. I'm like, no, nah, I haven't heard. And, he mm -hmm. was, and I ran into Pat, and he was like, yo, like, he was watching you on um, his phone. This is when Armada was, <laughs> this is when Armada was um, off of Central. Okay. When they, when they were originally over there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who is that? He was like, oh, yeah, this is my sister. <laughs> I was like, yo, that's your that's sister? Tight. Like, like how everything came back full circle because, like, it probably had been, like, a week prior, like, somebody was just showing me a, the same video he was looking at. Wow. And was like, um, have you heard of her? I was like, no, nah, I, I ain't never seen her. I ain't never heard of her. And then fast forward, seeing him at the shop, he's playing that video. That's funny. And so. Not walking promo. <laughs> that's what's up. <laughs> unintentionally. <laughs> right. I think I think I think it's cool. Like I don't think that I was very like my niggas know who my brother is, but I think now me establishing myself as a creative in the city and him establishing himself as a business owner in the city mm. is just kind of like funny when because you're not the first nor the last person that's like that's your brother. I'm mm. Like oh yeah yeah that's y'all don't kind of. I don't y'all two different paths. Yeah. Like y'all don't y'all don't boost that and not you don't have to, yeah. of course, but, but I think time. it's funny cuz like I I know him to be that. Like my brother was he was the alternative. We used to paint each other's nails green and he was skateboarding when yeah, he was yeah. going to Independence. He just literally line up trash cans and recycle bins and just do 
Ollie's off of that shit. And mm -hmm. I didn't know it was going to turn him into a business owner then. I just, my older brother skateboard. I think he thinks it's cool, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, it's cool to see him go that route. But I don't know. I, I can see how the world is small for everybody. It's just, it's hilarious. It's like that with all of my siblings. And how many siblings you got? <laughs> Probably forty seven, but the one the the ones that I know about um, Papa was a Rolling Stone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no comment. Sorry, Dad. Uh, Cut the camera. No. Nah, um, let me see. I have, I have, mm, six, five. Okay. Six. Yeah. Same as me. I'm the sixth. I'm yeah. the youngest. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm like the I'm the middle child technically. So my younger sister, she's from the east side, so everybody know her. Then I have a sister who's a business owner and Arsley, she owns a salon, so That's everybody knows her. My mom is a pastry chef, but she sling cakes to barbershops and salons, so everybody know her. So it's mm -hmm. like just rooted in different ways in the city. I think that's cool. Everybody's, Everybody's planted doing their thing. Yeah. Did you have the middle child syndrome? Yeah. 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 Unfortunately. Yeah. But fortunately, yeah, I mean, yeah, unfortunately, but fortunately, <laughs> yeah. you get older, you're like, fortunately, when yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're going on in that moment, you're like, I right. hate this, like, shit. this is stupid, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. definitely that. And you know, there's like gaps between me and everybody because I'm seven years older than my younger sister, Pat's nine years older than me, he probably mm. didn't want you to know that, but. Nine mm. years older than me. <laughs> no, I mean, I knew that about you and Pat because that's one similarity that we talk because I'm, oh, I'm yeah, closest with I'm my older brother. Right. And um, I'm closest with my older brother who's 10 years apart from me. Yeah. And so that's one thing that we would talk. Like, y'all had that age gap like me and my brother. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Small. Small city. Small city. Yeah. Yep. But planet. Small, but big yeah but big but, but small and, yeah it's it's weird ironic actually mm -hmm. how do you like being somebody that's from here like how have you liked the progress um musically of charlotte um or is there do you is there process progress to you are you trying to get me in trouble <laughs> uh, <laughs> nah i think that um i think that because the last time I probably answered this question was, like, on a podcast in, like, 2018. And we were in a progressive place. Like, everybody was just kind of like, oh, now I know what to do. So mm. I think now, I think it's more confidence in the city. I definitely think that um, people are starting to get on the entrepreneurial, like, what's the next step other than just sitting at the crib recording like, I think everybody's in a building place. So, like, you got people who, like, throw rap shows and throw, you know what I'm saying? It's it's growing. Mm -hmm. I can see it growing. I think we're headed in the right direction. Fine-tuning, sure. I think any city needs fine-tuning. I but, agree. But I think that it's progressive. I got faith in the city. Mm. So. Same here. Side eye movie. Text thread like a nigga spying on me. Just thought about you. It's just crazy. You hit me. It's so crazy you hear me. How are you? How's work going? You have a lot more people that's um, open to communicate, and with that communication comes like goals being accomplished. Yeah. Because I feel like everybody wanted to fuck with each other in similar years, but nobody would. It'd be like the dudes that go to the club and don't dance. They're just standing in the back corner and just like, dang, that girl fine. But yeah, I'm right. Like, I'm thugging it right now. Right. It's just like when you open your mouth, you get rewarded. And right. so I feel like that's, that's one thing that's. Um, kept Charlotte back for so many years mm -hmm. is just communication. Yeah, know? I agree with that. Um, yeah, fine-tuning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I, but I, 
again, I just think that everybody's kind of because you know when when niggas was building this shit, like we were eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Mm-hmm. So you know now being thirty two, I can I can see the difference in like the city as far as like knowledge. Like I think yeah. everybody now there's resources. There's people are creating more resources. Yeah. Um, I just I think that we're on the brink of like a renaissance, and if it keeps going the way that it's going, I think it'll be beneficial for everybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree because we're taking heed to the renaissance, and like as long as you have these shows where everybody's supporting people, it's like like I was telling my boy the other day, like it's it's a full circle effect. It's, it takes a community, like it takes the artists talking to each other, it takes the DJs, it takes the promoters, <laughs> it takes the radio people, it takes the bloggers, the podcaster people. If we all on that one thing for just for the city, mm-hmm. like, all right, who's really doing this for the city? Like, yeah. if you're in that mind frame, then we'll be fine. Yeah, you know? I think you run into some blocks sometimes, of course. I mean, because, you know, people get in a certain lane and it's comfortable for them and they want to stay there. Like, you know, just because that's where the bread is at, that's comfort, mm-hmm. that's... Yeah. I, I know I'm, I'm familiar with this. Get in the bag comfortably. Yeah, but I think, I think the city should take more risks. I, I think so. I think that... Um, I do want to get into this space with the city with, instead of trying to define its sound, just embracing all of the sounds. Because um, I think sometimes artists are like, in order for you to have success, it is believed you have to be like somebody who is already established. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I just think when people get more comfortable with them and stop trying to make Charlotte have a sound, yeah, then I think it'll be more progressive there too. And, you know, mm-hmm. communicate. Yeah. 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 I agree. And, and, and taking a blueprint and still being you as an artist. Right. Like, it's okay to take somebody's blueprint, but don't take their blueprint, meaning like their imprint of how they are as an artist. Because yeah. I feel like that's messed people up as well. Yeah. But, I think it's cool to like look at people and see what they've done and like, how can I apply that? Like, how can mm-hmm. I have that same, you know, as far as like to like there's shit that Jigga did that I'm like, yo, that was fire. Like. I would try to do that. Or like even people like uh Doja Cat who I, I love. I know she's an acquired taste, but like she a beast. I yeah, mean you gotta respect like, the fact that she, what she does, she's a beast with. Yeah, and I feel like she's one of the few artists that can like she has range and she's not afraid to yeah play with that. Um yeah, I just think it's cool to have people that you look at and you're like, Okay, yeah, I wanna I wanna do that. I wanna try to figure out how I can lane myself like that and have that same success without compromising my art or comparing being in comparison to somebody else yeah so yeah understandable i feel you yeah um writing wise do you write for other people i (laughs) i'm open to it i've been asked to do it i think that i'm a perfectionist Mm. so i think whenever if i ever extend myself that way to people I just want to meet them where they are I don't want it to be an autumn song mm. um but I have written for other people uh my my friend Casey I wrote I wrote uh the <laughs> I wrote the um homebody verse that she did on Loki Hikey I wrote that okay. for her but I mean but that was like a it was fun because that would be something that she would say just to you know say it but she doesn't feel like she's a musical person though i think she is mm. but it was just fun you to, see the potential yeah of course um but i would love to i would love to write for people now that i'm in the the right headspace the right to headspace. Do that. yeah so outside of um 
writing for yourself and, and for your friend, um, you're not opposed to like being that behind the scenes person as well, writing for people oh, like I, in the industry. Oh no, I would love to like I'm because that's a bag. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. I literally Especially if you own your own like how you're doing with your music already owning it, like mm-hmm. owning your own publishing as well. Like mm-hmm. psh, that's what a bag is at. Yeah. I think I'm starting to uh delve into that. I've been I've been in like sound design and vocal arrangement for like two years professionally. Mm. So now I'm just, you know, trying to extend all like what else can I do in this bag? But songwriting, I definitely want to do that. I like I'm a nerd, so like everybody's like, yo, this song is dope, but I'm like, who wrote it? Mm. That's yeah. That's, I've that's I've, I've always am. done that. Like, yeah. look at the back. Like, even when CDs were still a thing. Like, mm-hmm. yo, who wrote that or who produced that? Yeah, like, that's my favorite thing about CDs. I literally keep all the booklets, even if I don't have the original CD. Mm-hmm. And because I think, well, I'm a nerd, so I think it's cool to nerd out on stuff like that. Yeah, I agree. But um, yeah, I would love to do that. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it and it. Wait a minute. Let me ask this. What what was it that you were doing? Because I seen you do on Instagram. It was almost like you were doing like runs for people or something like that. Like, were you doing like courses or like, you know, you know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, like the the writers workshop. Is that what you're talking about? Or are you talking about the Pelham and Junior shit? What are you talking about? It's it's almost like you were you were almost doing like melodic hooks, oh, yeah. but it was just like you were yeah. sending them out to people. So I. If if this is what I think you're talking about, I'm currently um, doing sample packs for Pelham and Junior. That's what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah, explain yeah. that. What is that? Because that looked dope as hell. So usually, like, how can I put it in a in a in a way that you understand? Like, you know the song by Summer Walker playing games. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, you hear that sample in the beat or whatever. Like, if you listen to it, I'm not gonna sing it, but like. Mm-hmm. It's stuff like that, like people go through sample packs, producers, and they like use it as if like, like, you know, how Kanye sample stuff, they would use okay. my voice. So um, let's say if somebody used it, I would get producer credits. Mm, okay. So that's another avenue. That's another bag as well. Yeah. But I'm trying to I was be- wondering what that was. Like, which I was like, does this fit into like the production? I was kind of on the yeah. same field of it though. Like thinking like it has something to do with production. Yeah. I was like. They can add it into that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's fun. I like to just be able to play around with melodies. It's like something that I do anyway. Like mm-hmm. I have like singing apps on my phone, and I record fake songs that nobody will ever hear just to sharpen my chops. Yeah, but, yeah. So it's cool to be able to do stuff like that. Um, and I call that sound design. That's the professional way to say that. So yeah, no doubt, sound design. <laughs> yeah. Um, when did you realize? At your younger self, that singing was the thing that you wanted to do, like, or, or better yet, who's the first person that you sung for that actually gave you the confidence? Where it's like, you know what, I'm not that bad. I can do this. I probably get that credit to my dad because my dad, um, kind of like, I'm gonna say forced. He forced me to listen to old school, and you know, when you're younger, at the time, it's just all the shit that your dad plays Mm -hmm. but he was also a musician in the 80s he had a band he toured up the east coast and he's always had like a yamaha a talk box microphone like he's always had stuff Mm -hmm. so it went from like it was just like normal for me um but low-key i've never told anybody this but i sung for him first because we recorded a song when i was nine (laughs) called in god we trust i don't want to talk about it come on now i don't want to talk about (laughs) it Um, but it was the first time i ever recorded as you know nine and i was like i could do this Mm. so 
I think it's cool. Shout out to shout out to Pops for doing that. That was early. That yeah. was early on. Yeah, I was always in the. He he went from having a studio in my mom's closet to having uh, his own studio room to it evolving into something not attached to the house. So mm. as it grew, I just kind of I guess I grew with it. I don't know. Mm. That's what's up. That's yeah. dope that you you got in that confidence at an early age like that. Yeah. That well, it? I I don't think I saw it as confidence. It was just normal. What you do. Yeah, 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 at that age, you're not looking at it like that. Yeah. yeah, but when I when I finally like when it registered, I guess like for me it kind of clicked in the mixtape era, like when in the middle of Lil Wayne being like fire, what like Carter Three Heaven. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like maybe 2006, 2007, I was like, okay, I'm gonna take myself seriously. So, mm, okay. So yeah, that's what's up. Songwriting wise, now that um, one thing I wanted to ask dealing with that, does it change when you're in a relationship? Right. Um, that's a good question. Um, not necessarily. I mean, and you do know, some do some songs come easier, or or as opposed to like. Well, well, of course. I mean, because I could write about loot all day. Like mm-hmm. again, I have an arsenal of songs that nobody will ever hear. Those it's a good muse for you. Yeah, very yeah. good muse. Um, but I think that um, just being inspired emotionally is always it makes it easy. Um. Yeah, it doesn't. It's it's kind of like the same. It's just being able to have feelings, being in the present. It kind of just always makes it easy for me because mm-hmm. I can, even though I haven't always been the best communicator of feelings. I think that like just being able to like songs for me earlier were like diary confessions, mm-hmm. and yeah. So the music thing is like. It was cool, but the songwriting thing kind of came by accident. If what? Kind of. Dang. Because it was just like, I ain't telling nobody how I feel. I'm going to just write it down. Mm. Okay. Yeah. You know? Therapeutic. Yeah. And so, like, I never, I never, I thought I was a good writer when I was in school because I was in creative writing classes, but I never thought that I was a good songwriter. I just was mm. like... I'm pissed. I'm gonna write, I'm gonna write this song. Um, and at the time, they would be like poems, and then they would just evolve into songs. So I think I don't know. I'm trying to find different ways now. Now that I'm fully tapped into me, and I'm a communicator of feelings. So now mm. that I don't You're use in your bag that, right now, you know what I'm saying? So it's a good. It's a good thing to see. Yeah. So now I'm just trying to find different ways to write songs, get inspiration from different things, and you know. But it's never. Hard is that? Is that cocky to say? It's no, never no, hard? not at all. Oh. No, it, okay. it comes. It comes naturally. I mean, it's probably hard for other people. You're a songwriter, so yeah. I mean, I get writer's block, but mm-hmm. you know. yeah, yeah. Um, when do you find yourself in situations now that you you know you're you're in a relationship and like say you songwrite for somebody that's like dealing with breakup? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you get yourself out of that? mode because I, I find myself when I'm writing like I may write about something and then you know you'll you'll have PTSD. Yeah. And trigger points to where like it'll get too emotional and try to get yourself back out of that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Like how do you get yourself out of that when you're Um I think uh I think perspective. I think for me it's just kinda like I don't know. If I were to write for somebody, I think identifying with a breakup is easy. Without being surface level. And if I was writing for somebody, I'd probably be like, okay, so talk to me. What what really pissed you off? Mm. And then just kind of try to take it from there. For me, it's just, I like to, 
when I think about people who write songs about breakups, one of my favorite people in life is Amy Winehouse. Because mm. she just has a way of just kind of, she knows how to hit you where it hurts without, yeah. and it sounds pretty, but it's just kind of like. She sings it with mad pain, yeah, too. Did, she opened up a song with, what kind of fuckery is this? <laughs> like, I just think that you just kind of have to have a, I like witty songwriting. Like, I like, mm. it's not too surface like boy you so fine i think about you all the time it's more abc yeah it's mm. it's more poetic i think that kind of that's kind of what makes a song i don't know mm. i don't know i don't know if i answer your question yeah you did okay mm -hmm. and it's different strokes for different folks because i i find that um like one of my favorite songwriters was neo like mm -hmm. what he well still is yeah but he's like that like i've i feel like maybe because like he's gotten to a commercial lane that he gets into that realm mm -hmm. of abc because yeah. that's what he knows what sells. But then he'll do certain songs where I'll be like, oh, you in your bag on that. Yeah. Like, it, it don't seem like the generic AB. Because once you start having that, that writer's ear, you know the generic. Like, if you know the format of how to do a song, you're yeah. like, all right, there's a, there's that. Right. It's about to come right here. I would have put that right there, but all right. Right. And so. I think I think Neo is a really good example just because um, when I think about Neo writing songs, I think about, um, damn, Irreplaceable. Cause he totally Monster just hit. yeah. Cause uh, like me first hearing that song, I didn't know Neo wrote that. And I embarrassingly enough, it had been a few years past before I learned that. But mm. then I can hear Neo like, and then I heard the demo, and I was like, oh yeah, of course. Mm. But I think to be a person who can, cause he wrote from a female perspective, and I think that's also important. Like going back to what we were talking about earlier. But yeah, Neo yeah. is up there. I yeah. Um, He's What's, very dope doing that. I didn't know yeah. he did the Rihanna song, um, Unforgivable, or something like that. Yeah, he yeah he he had all of the the hot girls at that time, mm. right? All all those songs. I, I yeah, and I think that's probably what he's still doing now. Cause I I I'm not saying it's quiet for him musically. I think he put out something recently, but I know he'd be in his songwriting bag all the time. Mm. Yeah. You talked about um something that you thought I was talking about then with workshops like what kind of workshops were you talking about oh uh so in 2019 I did like uh writers workshops at be social mm. um before like right before the pandemic started and I did like three and it was called writer's block mm -hmm. and it was just like maybe a couple hours just kind of free writing or it would be prompt writing or you know but I think I think nowadays I'd probably be able to do that better. It was just kind of like a trial run for me. I just wanted to see if, if I could do Teaching it. Teaching it? Like, because, like, with that, um, I mean, I don't know how to explain that. It's kind of like when somebody was telling me, um, I remember Chris Rock talking about he's seen a bunch of, or maybe it was Steve Harvey talking about he's seen comedians going into a um, comedian training class. Or oh, something like that. He yeah, was like, no. he was like, if you're here, he was like, you're not funny. No, and no. so like, how does that fit with like writers? Like, I guess you give them some kind of pinpoints, but then it's, it still have to comes back to them at the end of the day. Well, it wasn't me teaching it because I kind of feel like you can't really teach something like that. Exactly, me, like comedy, right? Yeah, but I think I was just kind of facilitating a safe space where people who weren't confident in writing to come write. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like I. I I know a lot of people who like to write, but they're like closeted writers. Like um, mm -hmm. like for instance, I have a, one of my best friends. She's like I have poetry, and she'll send me something. She's like, you like that? You know, people like that. Like mm -hmm. I just I'm a safe space type of person. Like I'm never gonna be like this art sucks. Like you know, <laughs> some people's art sucks, but if I'm facilitating like a a safe space, a space you ain't gonna do yeah. That so. Yeah. 
anything like I think I have one activity where I'm like just write what you're thinking about right now we're mm. gonna share it in like 10 minutes and somebody would be like man I really want a cheeseburger but it'd be like in a in an artsy way or something just somewhere where everybody can you know you write I write cool mm. it's a safe space yeah and people need that because if they don't have that or that confidence, some people don't even have a safe space at the crib. Yeah, word. And um, if they don't have that space, they feel like it, it's all cluttered in the inside of them. Yeah. And, and it just ushers over to, to a level where it can get dangerous. Yeah. Um, it was a poet that you made me think about that had that same similar. She was a female. I want to say it was Emily Dickinson to where um, she had all these phenomenal poems, but people didn't even know about them until after she died. Because mm. she was so afraid to talk, um, give them to people. She left all the poems underneath her bed. Oh, and wow. So they didn't even know about her being the poet that she was until after she had passed away. That's crazy. I wonder how they found that. Did she like leave a note or something? Do you know? I'm dead, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That was my phone's like, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. No, nah, that's a good question, though. I, I take it probably just like whatever the sheriffs or something back in that day was yeah, going in and checking shit. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's unfortunate that people kind of, that's kind of like my beef with like present day, somebody dies. It's like, now you're going to bring up all their artifacts and all that mm -hmm. stuff. Cause I felt like, I don't know. I don't know. I'll sit in here and talk to you about DMX forever. Cause I love DMX, but one of the best. Yeah. But I think it's just because niggas is crossing, um, generations. So Gen Z is like, Who's Earl Simmons? <laughs> it's so, crazy. Yeah. It's like how people were with Jordan when the last... That's why I'm glad, like, that's why you have things like documentaries, though. Because right. with The Last Dance, like, he said that he made that because his wife... He, he got a wife my age. Like, she's 33. And she never seen that nigga play ball. And so on some... Really on some, like, <laughs> bitch. Like, on some shit like that, he was like, he made The Last Dance. <laughs> To really like show people like yo I, I'm that nigga like yeah. on some real shit and sometimes you need that like That's DMX crazy. have like hopefully they have good like I seen one recently that HBO's been doing like this music box series they had one with him they had one with Juice World mm -hmm. and some of these are good but it's like I, I we got to get these people their flowers like yeah. why they're here and then do them justice when they're gone yeah because man. that was really just like. It wasn't about the glory of DMX. Like, it was more of just, like, the last stages of his life, like, still doing drugs. Like, Juice Worlds was the same way. It was yeah. sad to watch. Whereas, like, it showed me how great he was as an artist. But it was it was sad in the case of, like, it just showed him. It showed me how much of a big monkey he had on his back dealing with, like, the drugs he was doing. Yeah. It's and like so. he just, that's why I feel like he's one of those artists that really, like, sacrificed a lot just for him to be able to be DMX and he gave it all. He, yeah. He, he was so transparent. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so we got to we got to hold our legends up. We got to that's that's where you have companies like I feel like revolt to where it's like mm -hmm. you get these these white companies like a HBO and it's nothing wrong, you know. If if you're going to do us justice, do us justice right, but yeah. we need to take care of our people because like you'll get these documentaries from these white companies that just just do certain things like we're going to give them all the bad stuff for shock value because people yeah. just want to know like i was i was reading a new york post article about x mm -hmm. and the woman started it off like nothing but negative thoughts yeah it was just like he has five he has so many kids he was a former drug addict right. and it was just like do you know what this motherfucker did in one year like yeah. it was just on some shit i went to her instagram and, yeah, and dm'd her off of that i was like yo you gotta be <laughs> you gotta be ashamed of yourself for, right. for mocking this man like that yo. like i i did see something where uh one i did see something where somebody on twitter posted uh while dmx was in a coma like 
um, here's the house that DMX lost. Here's the. It was like, like that. It was like something fuck? like that too. Yeah, it would be like Huffington or some weird shit like that. Um, but yeah, too. I think that um, that's a part of like the Black Renaissance. Uh, uh, black people controlling the narrative because yeah. I just recently watched uh, Janet's documentary. How is that? I haven't watched that. Um, it's it's great. I like mm -hmm. that she was in charge of it and she could tell her own story. I mean, a lot of shit happened before I was born. I didn't even know, you know, her being married to one of them light skinned niggas and. <laughs> You know, I can't remember niggas' names Jermaine, right now. Oh no, that's a brother. Okay, that's a <laughs> like, oh no. <laughs> One of the debages or something. Yeah, like yeah. I, it's a lot of stuff I didn't know, but like, just even in light of like this Britney Spears shit and all of that, how like the Super Bowl for her actually went versus how white people in a time period made it seem. And like, you know, I'm in my teenage years, so like, and it happened the day before my birthday because it was a Super Bowl, but mm. um. Yeah, just how everybody was trying to make it like she was like this really disgusting person. Yeah, White I people remember like blackball her. And um I just like that we can take our shit back. Like you can't yeah, control this sure. narrative no more. And I like that black people are starting to silence white people with platforms and, and give people the truth. I yeah. I'm here for more of that. I stand. Yeah. So yeah. Well, the times have changed creatively wise where we don't need those companies as well. I feel like right. that gives people more of a confidence to speak up for yeah. each other as well. Like we we've always been, especially in entertainment, <laughs> I feel like we've been a community mm -hmm. like all all thing. I'm guessing I ain't famous by a long shot, but I'm guessing people of that statue know all the black people. Yeah. And so it's like yeah. you get to a certain level, but I are afraid to speak on certain things because they're afraid of losing certain gigs or certain right. sponsorships and it's still kind of like that to a degree but yeah. the times the times have changed to where a lot more people are vocal because i can create my own shit mm -hmm. like i don't need this company for that i can i can do my own thing and yeah what you did to that dude was fucked up right and one one of the things that i feel like is flawed and i think honestly that's systematic like that's something in our dna as 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 black people because of the history of what people have done with us like mm -hmm. dealing with even like black wall street mm -hmm. how you know that was in Durham and it gets destroyed mm -hmm. and everything that we get built here gets destroyed to mm -hmm. where it puts us in our mind frame where it's like well i ain't doing nothing for my community because y'all just gonna destroy this shit right like we're not like any other community when it comes to like jewish community asian community mm -hmm. you fuck with one of them like or, or i've seen this as a fact like one of my homies like he's asian his 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 situation was fucked up mm -hmm. but like they're in a community base where it's like if it's nine of us that tenth one ain't gonna be fucked up right like, and that fucks us up because like we used to be like that and mm -hmm. it's almost like it's refreshing like you said dealing with a black renaissance because we're getting that in all different avenues we're getting that with like creatives now where it's like yo man reach out to that man yeah we're getting that with people like helping each other out business wise out all night working all day just to get paid do the same thing up on And with that comes shit Because now it's like Heightened on certain white conservatives In where now Whoopi Goldberg can't be on TV for two weeks because yeah I did see that recently yeah like you know so it's just like okay y'all want y'all want shouldn't this? even come back though like it's on some like I, at this hey. stage like why Amen. like it's so yeah. much it's so much if I'm if I'm to a certain level like I remember I remember listening to Russ and I agree with him because he was like if I'm Drake I'm not signing no deal no more yeah like I'm Drake nigga right. like I'm to the level where it's like 
I can I can do everything I need to do independently yeah. and get my money back. Yep. Like at this point, you're really just signing because you just want to do the walk and dance. Yeah. But I, I he's at a certain level where it's like I don't know how big that marketing is for like he may not want to do all that. Right. But at the same time, you're so rich, you just get everybody else to do it. Yeah. And so Word. certain I mean, levels like a Whoopi Goldberg, like yeah, fuck nah. them. Like yeah. make my own shit. Yeah. Like she's Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, like you dude, can't she's even ghost, nigga. Right. Like, for real. Like, <laughs> like that's Sister Mary Clarence. The fuck? Like yeah. <laughs> she got an Oscar. Like, what? Like. <laughs> yeah, like I don't I don't know. I think that's why I'm really excited about how things are going. Cause I just kinda I feel very powerful in this space. I wouldn't want to be any other age right now in the in the brink of a black renaissance. Mm-hmm. I agree. I just I, I do want um I do want to have more my wish for black people is that we don't have to keep displaying black trauma. I think at this point mm, yeah. everybody knows what we went through. I'm not saying it's not important to know. I just I don't wanna see another Queen and Slim movie. I don't wanna I don't feel like I don't watch slave movies no more. Yeah, like I just I got tired of that shit. I feel like that's because you already know what the fuck is gonna happen. We've yeah. seen it a million times, and we've let white people control that narrative too. I just think mm. I don't know. I need to see some Pharaoh movies, my nigga. I need to see some movies or like something us like, dominating shit. Like I know how we did in something. this timeline. It's like they erase a lot of shit and try to forget the stuff they did. Yeah, did to us. Yeah, nah, but it's coming back and like artifacts. Like mm-hmm. it's it's and I and I love it. I love to see it. I just. Um, saw on Twitter like a list of all of the things that black people have created and mm. like the elevator nigga yeah. a nigga created the elevator facts yeah. like what the fuck but anyway yeah, yeah. <laughs> I talk about black people forever hey same here <laughs> it's, it's beautiful and it's a great time to be alive yeah Um, I want to get into another aspect that I feel like you you may jump into you were talking about mm-hmm. before we got to recording is um different kind of avenues not just music yeah. you know like we were joking about that yeah. Like, yeah. but it was a it was a good idea with the with the GI crip right. you know so like <laughs> the GI crip y'all heard that right write that down GI nah. <laughs> blood um yeah i do want to do different things i've i've always uh had an eye for like art direction i like what goes into like visuals and and videos or documentaries or like movies or even just building sets and like i just think all of that shit is cool like now i'm starting to you know see more things behind the scenes luckily i've been fortunate enough to uh you know tack on to bay's travels you know him performing places and i get to see firsthand how everything is done because it's different Mm. when you know, you watch it on TV on a on somebody's documentary or whatever, but yeah. just seeing all of the things that go into creating something, it makes you want to do that. So I'm very into art direction, very into curating things, even throwing events. Like I want to get into that more. Um, yeah, I, I I'm cool with being forefront, but I I like how it looks being in the back too. Mm, so I don't always I don't like always being forefront to yeah. be honest. No so. doubt, and it's and it's best to um know both sides. You yeah, know, like I got to that level where it's like I can I can turn it on, right? But at the same time, I like knowing the editing process. I like being behind the scenes, like KB, and and knowing certain things. So as I continue to grow, um, I know people ain't bull driving me when I'm asking them to do certain things. Yeah, so like, yeah, it same. works itself out. And I definitely, I mean, for me, this it kind of started in a quarantine, obviously, because. Same. Mm-hmm. niggas was not doing nothing and so 
just trying to figure out how I can stay consistent without compromising my health and everybody else's. And um, I put out maybe, I want to say three videos in quarantine, but all of those were um, concepts that I had that I trusted in my friend Darian, shout out Gothic Mag. And um, we were able to collaborate on ideas and even obviously not having like, immense resources like we want just because everything was shut down and you know mm -hmm. the, the government Working was what you got. yeah but it was cool though because first of all i'm i'm a nigger rigger i like to nigger rig <laughs> um and i just think it's when you don't put limits on yourself like you really try to actually do something it kind of i don't know it kind of like triggered me but in a good way and ever since then i've just been really like I want to build this set. I want to do this. I want to do, I, I probably talk his head off every day. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I have this idea. I'd like, yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm just trying to do more things this year. Right, definitely dope. with behind the scenes. Dope. Dope. Yeah. Yeah, definitely do it all. man. Take it over. I'm trying. 2022. Take it over. It's right. the takeover. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Was, was that a jigger reference? Were you referencing jigger? <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> I had to throw that in there. I appreciated it. The last thing I want to ask is, um, when you're on stage, mm -hmm. do you get nervous still? When when you perform? Of course I do. Does that ever leave? No, but I feel like I feel like it's a good thing. It's mm. it, it kind of like gives you inkling that you're present in the moment. Mm. Yeah, um, that's how I learned to look at it. Anyway, um, but what is some pre-show stuff that you do, like to get get the nerves to where it's like, I, I imagine it's like, like I remember watching um a clip of Mike Tyson and he was like, before I go into the ring, I'm scared as shit. Yeah, he was like, I'm I'm telling myself I'm scared or like he's almost crying on the inside. He said, but by the time I get in the ring, I feel like I'm a god and I'm yeah. ready to dominate anything. So like. Like, what is some mind stuff that you do to where it's like, all right, like, got to do this. Got the mic in my hand. It just depends. Um, I'll be honest. Like, sometimes I'll do shows where all my niggas are there. So that I makes it a little more comfortable. Yeah, it does. Where I don't feel like I got to like, OK, I need to be by myself. Uh, you know, they're like around. So it's kind of like, bitch, you better go on stage. Hey, mm. you want a shot? Like, and so it just kind of takes the edge off a little bit. Even though there's people in the room that I probably don't know. Like yesterday I, I did What You Want with Key um at the at the show. And um I was nervous then. I mean mm -hmm. I, I got my tequila sunrise and was you know, I was mm -hmm. coasting, but I, I do still get nervous. I just think it's important to kinda of tap into that energy. Like yeah. it's kinda of like um uh, getting on a roller coaster and you, you already know what's gonna happen, but you still like <sighs> Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Um, it just depends on what the show is. But if my niggas are there, I'm cool. If Bay is there, I'm cool. Like, anything that can make me feel some type of normalcy, like it's not something crazy. I'm yeah, cool. it gets you back into the mode to just dominate it. Yeah, and just chill, you know? Because it's like, at the end of the day, I'm a regular person. I'm chilling. It's like we had a, I don't know, a kickback, but I just happen to be having a mic. I don't know. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> I try to make it as comfortable as I can. Yeah. yeah. I was talking to my cousin and he was like, I have to remember that I love this shit. Like, that's yeah. what gets me like, this ain't brain surgery. Like, I do love doing this shit. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> and that'll I, get him back in his own as well. Like, yeah, I do enjoy doing this. Like, yeah. I think it's very easy to overthink shit like that. But you just got to, what I'm learning is that you just got to be present in the moment. Mm, yeah. You know? Can't very think true. too far back. Can't think too far ahead. Just kind of, yeah. 
Word, word. That's a good way to end it. That's what I'm trying to do. Be in the moment. <laughs> present in the moment. Don't want to thank stuff, folks. Yep. Well, I appreciate you coming. This has been a great interview. Thanks great for talk, having Great talk. Great sit down. Yeah, man. Um, if you want to give people your socials. you know. Oh, okay. Um, Let's see. Okay, so on Instagram, I'm Autumn Rainwater. On Twitter, I'm Autumn Rainwater, I think. Am I? I think so. Uh, Before you said Emma, I thought it was Autumn Rainwater. I think <laughs> that's the whole. <laughs> Autumn I just had to think because I, I just recently. I think I am Autumn Rainwater on both, but it's not hard to find me. Um, there is another Autumn Rainwater, but imposter. Yeah, basically. Get out of here. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not hard to find. So dope. This is as of late. Hold up. So tell us about your show. <laughs> we comfortably ended it, bro. Thanks. Um, no. Okay, so I have a show February 17th um, at Snug Harbor. It's me, uh, Celeste Moonchild. I was about to call her something else. Me, Celeste Moonchild. Did you hear me about to say that? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cut that out. Let's start again. Okay, so my show is February 17th. It's at Snug Harbor. It's me, Celeste Moonchild. Um St. Floyd and Accent. I don't know why I'm blanking right now. But doors open at 9. Show starts at 10. Bring $10 and some drink money. And have a good time. Yeah, man. It's going to be a vibe. Yeah, a vibe. Thanks for listening to As Of Late Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Spotify. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to As Of Late Podcast on both of those. You can also listen to As Of Late Podcast on Anchor.fm and Google Podcasts.